It is exactly 8.35 on Metro FM Talk. Now, President Ramaphosa will be inaugurated this coming Saturday and it is expected that he will announce his cabinet immediately after that. Now, there are lots of speculations going around at the moment. But the question we're asking this evening is when it comes to big business, what are the expectations that big business has of the president and of the cabinet that he'll be putting together? And what role does business play in building our nation? Joining us this evening is our guest, um, Osbusi Mavoso, who is the Chief Operations Officer of Business Leadership South Africa. A very good evening to you. Thank you so much for making the time to, to come and join us tonight. Good evening, Tammy, and thank you very much for the invitation. Now, first of all, for people who may not be familiar with what um, BLSA is all about, who are you? What is the role that you play? Yeah, so BLSA is the only organization of CEOs in the country. We mainly represent big business. And when I say big business, I mean JSE listed companies. Our membership is about 80 organizations, you know, of the top 100 JSE listed companies. And um, 53% of our members, when we did the study, I think about a year ago, represent 60% of the GDP, you know, so that is the power that we yield as an organization. You know, so you're really sitting with the captains of industry when you're in the presence of BLSA. And um, yeah, we have a disproportionate uh, voice, disproportionate power, and uh, indeed disproportionate resources. Now, there's sometimes an allegation that business does not often speak with yeah. one voice. Yeah. What is meant by that and, and what are the roots of that accusation? Yeah. I think because there are a lot of business associations, you know, so you've got a BLSA, which mainly represents big business. Uh, you've got a BBC, which represents black business. You've got a SACI, I think, which is really around SMMEs. And you have got uh, maybe Afri SA, which is agriculture, whatever the case is. But I think the fact that we don't speak with one business, uh, with one voice, I don't think it's true. Maybe the fallout between Busa and BBC is what is preserved precipitated, you know, those allegations as it were. But I think we are currently on a path of rebuilding business unity, you know, from that perspective. But I think if you think about it, Tammy, we maybe shouldn't be speaking with one voice when it comes to certain issues, because there are issues that are going to affect big business that uh, SMMEs are not going to resonate with. There are issues that are going to affect SMMEs that black business may not resonate with. There are issues that are going to affect black business that agriculture won't be able to resonate with. So I think, you you know, there are those nuances, you know, between all of us as business organizations and in terms of our mandate, we might be driving for certain things. There are policies that are critical to us, you know, that uh, black business won't identify with them. That's okay, you know, but we've got an apex structure, structure which is Business Unity South Africa, and there uh, the voice of business in the country is represented and we go to NetLeg and Abusa and we speak with one voice. So it is essential to have a further segmentation even within the business bracket. Um, But I guess we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I I want us to speak about the role that business, and I'm using this now as a general term, that business plays in nation building, in job creation. Um, And then also uh, the president mentioned that it's time for South Africa to get billions of rands of investments uh, coming into the country. And what is it that business is looking for, um, you know, from the cabinet in order to have that confidence uh, in, in, in the structures that South Africa is putting in place. It is exactly 8.39. This is Metro FM Talk in conversation with the Chief Operations Officer of Business Leadership South Africa, Sisbosi Mavu. So we're back right after this.
It is exactly 8.41 on Metro VM Talk. I'm Tamangubeni sitting in for Ayabonga Tawe in conversation with Busi Mavuso of the Business Leadership South Africa. Now, before the break, I, I asked you about the role that business has to play in job creation. Yeah. So I think when you look at the current stats, Tammy, out of the 15 million people that are employed in the country, business is responsible for 13 million, you know, uh, of the employment of those people. Government only employs, you know, 2 million. So business really is what makes the economy go round. Uh, So therefore, the hostility that exists towards business, you know, cannot be healthy. You know, I was listening to Julius Malema this afternoon, you know, saying to Cyril Ramaphosa, um, stay away from the Rupert and stay away from white monopoly capital. You know, if you want to continue being president, I think that is a very myopic view because if you agree that we are the only social partner of the four social partners which is government civil society labor and business we're the only social partner with disproportionate power and disproportionate resources and we are the only social partner that has got the main skills and the competence to can assist in the structural reform of this economy you know uh, and we've committed to do so you know so I don't think that uh, such uh, uh, views are actually going to help, especially at this time when we need all shoulders on the wheel, especially at this time when we're trying to rebuild, especially now when we're trying to advance SA Inc. to ensure that the precipice that we find ourselves as a country, you know, doesn't materialize as it were. You know, so uh, big business in the main, I think, you know, as I said, is what makes the country go around. Out of the tax revenue collection, $1.2 trillion that we collect year on year, Business is responsible for about 80% of those, you know, so, in the form of PES, UN, and in the form of corporate taxes. So that is the impact of business in the economy. So clearly a, a partner that cannot be ignored. Absolutely. And, and when the president, uh, you know, in his response to that, he said, you know, I'm the kind of president that will walk with the open hours. I will dine with kings and queens, but I will not lose the common touch of the man. So really just uh, of the common man, rather. Absolutely. So, so really just making it clear that as president, he's president of everything. Absolutely. And, and that he's got to do the best for all the various structures. But you spoke earlier on about the power that business yields. Yes. And oftentimes, you know, business is accused of being a bully, of being, of wanting to influence policy, of wanting to even make the choices of who should be where as far as the composition of, of, of cabinet. What, what is your response to that? So I think we'll continue being um, very active, you know, uh, on the issues that affect business. So policy, for instance, is one of the pains that we have continued to highlight from a business perspective to say that if we are saying would like to attract foreign direct investment to the tune of 100 billion US dollars, you know, then we're going to have to ensure that our policy is one that is conducive. You know, uh, if we're trying to position ourselves as an investment destination, then our posture is going to have to mimic that which we say. So for instance, around the issue of the protection of uh, property rights, you know, if we're going to go ahead for instance with the issue of prescribed assets, if we're going to go ahead with talking about changing the mandate of the Reserve Bank, you know, if we are not going to be clear very soon in as far as what the amendment of Section 25 of the Constitution as it pertains to land means, you know, then unfortunately, you know, the issue of an investment drive is going to 
continue being a fallacy because unfortunately, if we are dependent and as we have agreed as a country that we can't move uh, our economy forward by ourselves, we need the foreign help. You know, unfortunately, they are looking at to what extent is the environment conducive for them to come and invest their money in the country. So we really going to have. So when biz, big business comes in from a policy perspective, we are raising those issues as local investors that we know that foreign, you know, direct investors would raise as well. So I don't think it's really uh, trying to be bullish. You know, we are only trying to say that uh, if we want the money to flow into the country, these are the issues that are pertinent, you know, to business to invest their money. We've been accused, for instance, to being on an investment strike, Tammy. And I think that is not entirely true. What is true, though, is that business has been cautious, you know, the same way that you and I as consumers has been conscious, because obviously in, in this environment where there isn't clarity, you know, you hold on to your money and you say, which way are things going to go? You know, where, in which direction does this ANC-led government want to take this economy? You know, are we going to go back to the last decade where we have seen, you know, state funds, you know, being siphoned? You know, the estimation is that about a hundred billion dollars, a hundred billion rands per year has been siphoned out of this country. Now, is that an environment where you actually want to invest your money, where and, you are not guaranteed the returns? And, and the irony of that is the amount that the president wants to bring in Absolutely. as foreign direct investment is Absolutely. actually just yes. about that yes. much. Yes. So, yes. In, yes. in essence, it means that all the money that has gone, you know, in theft, because it's really theft, we, we call it corruption, but it's theft. All the money that has gone towards theft is actually the money that the country needs right now that the president is trying to go out and raise. But I think it's a very there's a balancing act that needs to happen here. Yeah. Yes, we are a, a capitalist uh, society Absolutely. and business is looking at growing business and ensuring that business survives. But there's also the business of taking care and, and, and developing a, a community and developing a, a country. Where do you strike the balance? That it is not so pro-business that it's it's anti uh, the the working class and anti-development. So we are the first to admit, as BLSA, that for the longest time, business has just focused on the business side of business. For the longest time, business, and unfortunately continues to be an island of prosperity in a sea of poverty. It is unsustainable, Tammy. It is unsustainable that 25 years into democracy, you're sitting in a country where our key fundamental flaw is the structure of our economy, where you have only 10% that are living in, uh, of the population living in opulence, 40% that are in the middle class and when you actually look at this middle class they're actually a paycheck away from poverty so in the true definition they are not really the middle class where you're sitting with 50 percent of our population that are living in abject poverty it cannot be and when you look at the income distribution and the wealth distribution you look at it and you can see tell me that this is the biggest ticking time bomb that we have as a country and i think business has not done much it is inexcusable that 25 years into democracy when you look at the structure of corporate south africa at the top management level only 14. 3% are black executives. It cannot be. When the stats are telling us that there is more of people like you and I who mm. go into universities, more graduate, more of being absorbed into corporate South Africa, but for some reason, you know, we are not advancing to so, the so, levels so the that quest- we should So be. the question is, what are you going to do? So we have actually uh, in um, relaunching our strategy as BLSA under my leader, uh, 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 my CEO, Bonang Mohale, we have signed a contract with South Africa wherein we have promised to do six of the following things. We have 
promised to create jobs by growing the economy. We have promised to encourage and empower senior black leadership. We have promised to invest in South Africans. We have promised to invest in communities. We have promised to support small businesses and we have promised to condemn and root out corruption. Now, the strategy that BLSAs, you know, uh, 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 strategy that uh, we rest on and that we advancing, you know, as 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 an organization is to ensure that we deliver on these six uh, uh, contract items, you know, when we launched the organization, as it were. So basically, these are commitments. Are we going to be seeing a new face of business or another face of business? Uh, new face, as in Bonang is the new face. No, and no, I'm no, the no new not, face. not as far as the face, <laughs> but as far as the impact that Absolutely. business is going to have Absolutely. in our communities. The fact that you know the, your nation building mandate, the fact that it's not just about profit, but it's about people and building people as well. And tell me, we have started. Do you remember that about two months ago we launched the SASME fund, where as business we came together and contributed 1.4 billion, which is meant to go towards small businesses. As BLSA, we have just launched the PLSA Connect, you know, which seeks to connect small black enterprises with the supply chain of big business. You know, we have started the Yes Initiative where we have promised to create a million jobs in the next three years. So business, you know, we have been at the forefront of the Job Summit last year and of yeah. the Investment Summit where business alone, PLSA members contributed uh, $290 billion in the form of, you know, investment. So business is well on its way on that trajectory. We've got Silo who's calling us from Mokobane. Silo, we see you, we hear you. We're going to go for a quick break and then chat to you just after this. It is exactly 8.53 on Methrevem Talk. Wow, time is just not on our side. And so many of you are starting to call in on 089-110-3377. We have got you, uh, Silo, holding from Mokobane. Good evening, Silo. I miss you, how are you? Oh, I, <laughs> I miss you too, Silo. I'm well. How are you doing? I, I, I'm not too good this time. I'm not too good. Look, um, let's deal with this. Um, how, is it possible that we do know how old is this organization? And from there, um, in, 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 in how many jobs did they create so far? Because now we are here that they are promising and then they are making commitment. Because there's two ways this time I've been hearing for the past 35 years from the government. How is um, the organization going to outsmart the government and create the real job that they are telling us now? And um, how, and then the small uh, business that um, they want to help, how many of them did they help so far, Sister? All right. I'd love to hear that. All right. Thank you. Uh, do stay on the thank on you. the line. You listen on the radio. But thank you, Salo. Yes, Lovely sister. chatting to you thank again. You. All right. Thank you. All right, then. Uh, we also have Owen, who's calling us from Centurion. Good evening to you, Owen. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'd just like to pose a question to the lady. Yes, go ahead. Uh, she, she mentioned uh, the six initiatives, and I think you did also ask a question about the socio-economic structure within South Africa. And uh, apart from business, part of the socio-economic structure is the family unit and family unit forming part of a greater community. So how is business looking at improving a family unit within the community context? Um, just, just one of the one of the questions that I'd like to see how business starts trailers on. 
All right. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Owen. Thank you for that. Right. Um, Osbusi, let's perhaps start with uh, Silo's uh, question asking about uh, BLSA. Earlier on when we started our conversation, you did tell us um, about who you are, an organization of CEOs, only those companies that are listed in uh, on the JSE. But his question is, how old is BLSA um, and, and how are you going to ensure that you're going to be creating real jobs, specifically because jobs is your mandate as business? Sure. So I think when I started, uh, Tamia, I also said that 53% of the BLSA membership is responsible for 60% of the GDP that we generate in the country. So I think from a quantum perspective, you can do the math. You Mm -hmm. know, I've also said that out of the 15 million people that are employed in the country, business employs 13 million, you know, of those people. So I think a good half of that number, if not 80%, you know, is uh, employed by BLSA members. Because you're talking about really big institutions. You're talking about 80 of the organization out of the top 100 JSE listed companies. Now, if you take a company like Bidvest, for instance, you know, who's a member of BLSA, they employ 130,000 people. Take Standard Bank, they employ 35,000 people. And the list goes on and on, you know. So it's hundreds of thousands of people that are employed by business. But obviously, we know that uh, from an unemployment perspective, the number, unfortunately, continues to grow. You know, and I think the Yes initiative, therefore, of creating a million jobs to try and deal with the youth unemployment of that is currently sitting at 57%. Those are the interventions, you know, that we're putting on board. But we also know that from a big business perspective, the way it is in the rest of the world, you need to start looking at how do we ensure that we stimulate the SMME sector because we know that the economic growth trajectory that we're looking for in this country is going to come from small businesses. Right. And hence the $1.4 billion that has been put together by big business, you know, and the BLSA Connect seeks to advance their agenda. And we've also admitted as business that the focus ought to be on black SMMEs because unless and until you've touched black SMMEs, then you are then not you're going, not going to, to make an dial. impact. Absolutely. And I guess the next question is then how do SMMEs and black businesses access those funds. So when you go to the SASME fund website, you'll be able to, ex- to to actually find the details in terms of how to do that. And then from a BLSA Connect perspective, you Google BLSA Connect, you can register as a supplier. You know, we need to take you through a very rigorous vetting process to ensure that you do supply a product, is a product to the right quality and match you with, you know, one of our members in terms of the, you know, supply chain opportunities that exist. So basically the message to, to business people, to, to SMMEs is Absolutely. be proactive. The information is out there. Go on to the website, apply. That's correct. And then you stand a chance. And Absolutely. then Owen's question was then, um, how is business you know, focusing on, on family and building family units? I think if you look at what we exist to do as business, obviously it's to create employment. And by creating employment, you ensure that uh, you restore the dignity of the people. I don't think it can be right that we continue to say that 25 years into democracy, there's more than 50% of our population that are living in poverty. So how we therefore, you know, improve the family unit is by ensuring that those families have got, you know, dignity in the form of having their people employed so that you can be able to put food on the table, you know, for your kids, you can be able to take your kids to school, you can be able to progress, you know, in time and in space, you know, as a people and as a family. And I think that's what our contribution should be as business, not only from a social perspective, but mainly from an economic perspective. Because if we're not going to focus on the economic perspective, you know, unfortunately, the government doesn't have the muscle to do that to the large scale that business can and labor and civil society unfortunately cannot. So our focus is therefore on the economic advancement, you know, of our society. And just as we close off um, this evening, I just wish we had so much more time. But I'd like us to talk about the seeming impunity 
towards theft uh, by big businesses. You know, we're looking at the Steinoffs. We, I mean, there's so many commissions um, that, that are taking place at, at the moment, and, and the corruption is rife. But there seems to be there seem to be no repercussions for that. Your your comments, Tammy. We have made all our member organizations to sign an integrity pledge. And by signing an integrity pledge, which basically says that I'm going to conduct my business in an ethical manner, if you are found wanting as a PLSA member, then we suspend you. We suspended KPMG. We suspended Bain. We suspended ESCOM. We suspended Transnet. So what and does that suspension way, entail? What, what uh, does that mean? You, you, who you are and what you stand for, you know, doesn't represent us as bad business. Therefore, you cannot be in our midst. You know, you cannot sit with your peers in the same room and have the conversations that we are having as big business. It will because not be obviously business as usual. It, it can be business as usual, you know, and, and obviously then we therefore work with you to say how are you going to ensure, you know, that you redeem yourself, you know, what are the interventions that you're going to put as a company, you know, to ensure that that which on which you were found wanting, you know, doesn't happen again, you know, as it were. So that is the stance that we've taken as BLSA. And, what, and who would you like to see in cabinet? Who would you like to see as, as Minister of Finance? Um, if they can know the difference between income and cash, that would be great. Can they be capable? <laughs> can the they basics. be capable? Can they be competent? Can they know what they're doing? You know, can they have the right demeanor? You know, the right caliber? You know, uh, and I think the problem for us as businesses is that this NC-led government has been mainly anti-intellectuals, you know? So can we get the right people into the positions because we are not short of skills as a country. So within the the, the, the the current MPs, there is hope for you that there is somebody there that you believe? We're actually very glad to see the likes of Batabile, Malusi and all of those those falling by the wayside. You know, it therefore says, I think the NC is starting to take themselves seriously. So we are very confident that, you know, the right people will emerge. And I think Cyril has made it very clear, you know, in his tweet, if you remember, on the 8th of May, where he was saying that those who have been involved in malfeasance, you know, wrongdoing, corruption, must stand and be accountable, you know, to the nation. And I think he lives by his words. And uh, we'll leave it at that for this evening. Thank you so much for a really engaging talk, one that definitely does, uh, that needs to continue uh, between business, uh, government and uh, the the, the community uh, citizens and civilians. That's Abusi Mavuso, the Chief Operations Officer at Business Leadership South Africa, taking us to exactly one minute after nine o'clock on Metro FM Talk. It's been absolutely awesome spending time with you over the past hour and a half or so. I'm Tami Gobeni signing off, uh, standing in for Ayabonga Kanga. Until tomorrow, you have yourself a splendid evening further. The man with the gems is standing by. Sintle, where is my Sintle? Where is my Sintle? Where is my Sintle? Where is my Sintle? He is right here, right here. And he'll be keeping you company from 9 until 12 o'clock. You have yourself a good one.